Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020, Children's Urban Fantasy. One chapter a day up until Christmas. Chapter 12, Dangerous Reunion. The huge wolf continued to growl and rattle the cage, causing the closest children to shuffle away along the bench until they were all huddled at one end. Do not be afraid, Elf said in her soft French accent. Everything is not always as it seems. Grelf, down. The wolf slowly lowered its head and rested it on its front paws. You see, the ringmaster said, the beast is well trained. Can I have a brave volunteer to unlock the cage? Jenny launched her hand straight up like she was back at primary school. Me, please. She needn't have been so enthusiastic. Nobody else moved. Nancy leaned in close and whispered, Are you mad? We have a brave, or perhaps not so brave, volunteer. Come forward. The ringmaster beckoned her over. When Jenny stood up, she saw a flash of recognition in Elf's face, the barest hint of a smile in the dim light. Are you sure you want her to open the cage? The ringmaster asked the other children, and unleash this powerful animal. Verity shook her head, but a girl behind her said, It's just a dog. It'll be fine. Very well. The ringmaster handed Jenny the key and stepped back dramatically. Without hesitation, Jenny unlocked the cage door and flung it open. The wolf prowled forward toward her, teeth bared, until its head was level with Jenny's. The front row all leaned back to get even further away from the huge creature. But Jenny didn't flinch. Good doggy, she said, and she held out a hand and scratched Grauf behind the ear. A collective sigh came from the children in the audience as they realised that the wolf was not going to bite Jenny's hand off. When Jenny leaned in and wrapped her arms around the animal's grey-furred neck, giving it a big hug, the whole audience started to clap. The round of applause was undoubtedly triggered by a feeling of relief. "'It's good to see you, Grauf,' Jenny whispered in the wolf's ear. "'We're going to get you out of here. James is coming in the next group. Between us, I'm sure we can work out a plan.' "'Not so fast,' he said, his voice a growling murmur. We've got work to do first. Find Claudia. She'll fill you in. What about Rask? Not now. The wolf pulled back out of the embrace, just as a loud whip-crack silenced the crowd. It seems that it is not just Delphine that has power over this savage beast, the ringmaster said angrily. That's enough cuddling. Delphine, no need to perform your diversion now. Put him away. It is time for education. Elf locked Grauf back in the cage and covered it up again. Then the two henchmen returned to take the cage away. Elf followed them out. As soon as Grauf's cage was out of sight, all nine stiff-legged monkey dogs came out in a neat line. If you would like to leave the benches, my shoesies would be happy to obey your commands. I encourage you to try different languages, and interesting instructions. As some of the more adventurous children left the benches, the ringmaster crossed to the curtain, dipped behind it, and came back out holding a large black-bound book. Elf followed her, 
and, after a whispered exchange with the ringmaster, crossed the floor to Jenny. "'Shake my hand,' Elf said quietly, holding her hand out, a cheerleader's smile fixed across her face. "'Then keep a distance. I told the ringmaster that I wanted to speak to the girl who was unafraid of Gralf. Jenny took the girl's hand, and felt something warm and hard pressed into her palm. "'Take it,' Elf said. "'Don't look. It's the silver nib. The ringmaster couldn't make it work and thought it was useless. I managed to steal it back.' Jenny palmed the nib and held it by her side. "'Are you okay? When we found out you were here, we didn't know what was going on. Cece told us you were safe, but we had no idea you were a circus performer.' "'Cece found you? Is she safe?' "'She's with James. And she's safe if you don't count how much chocolate she's been eating.' "'That's good news. She was in danger here. Is James here?' She didn't look around, but kept her focus on Jenny, with the fixed smile in place. "'He's coming in the next group.' "'Tell him to ignore me. It's best that the ringmaster doesn't know we know each other. I'm not a willing performer, nor is Gralf. We're trapped for now, but don't try to rescue us yet. Speak to Claudia. She can explain. Despite the smile, Elf's eyes were tired and dark. The girl looked older than their last meeting. The years of life on the road had taken a toll. I've got to go now. Find Claudia and keep that silver nib safe. A single tear rolled down her cheek. How are you two getting on? The ringmaster strode up behind Elf. Delphine, I think you need to rest before your next performance, and I must pay attention to the children. Elf nodded and silently left Jenny alone with the ringmaster. How can Delphine perform every day? Jenny asked. Shouldn't she be at school? She is educated on the road, no different from all those Hollywood child actors. We meet all of the regulations, just as we do with our dogs. Jenny watched the interplay between the so-called dogs and the school groups. The disguised monkeys were acting up to the children's commands, balancing on each other and dancing on their back legs. One was even juggling three balls, much to the amusement of a nearby group of boys. Jenny didn't want to have anything to do with it, and so sat back down on a bench to watch. Every now and again a dog would trot over to the ringmaster, who would crouch down to listen to it, then stand up and make a note in her book. This continued for a few more minutes until a whip-crack sounded. Enough, the ringmaster called out. We need to prepare for the next group. Please exit and make your way to the bus. With that, the stiff-legged dogs filed out, leaving the excited children with no distractions. Jenny waited until the end, leaving with Nancy. Even the dull grey afternoon sky was dazzling after the dim interior of the big top. They were counted back onto the old bus for the drive back to school. "'I would never have stroked that crazy dog,' Nancy said when they were back on the top deck. "'I thought it was going to bite your head off. I can't believe you cuddled it, and I was there when you beat Rodine's number eight. "'Verity almost fainted,' a boy joined in from behind. "'I did not,' Verity protested. "'I was just concerned for our safety. "'That animal looked like it was bred to fight. It's a danger to the public.' "'Wasn't a danger to Jenny,' the boy said. "'I think even that creepy ringmaster was afraid.' Jenny didn't join in the banter. She was busy contemplating her bittersweet reunion with Elf and Gralf. They did not seem mistreated, 
both clearly warning against an early rescue, but neither were they happy with their situation. After being counted off the bus, Jenny found James in the school car park. Here, he said, handing over the duffel bag, Cece still sulking, which was actually quite useful. I saw Elf and Grouf, Jenny said, and spoke to both of them briefly. Were they okay? Kind of. They both said not to rescue them yet, and Elf said it would be best if you didn't let on that you knew her. She gave me this. Jenny showed him the silver nib. Great, James said. That means we've got at least one key back, even if it's the one that we don't know how to use properly. Gotta go. I'll see you afterwards. Meet me at the front gate. James boarded the bus with his group, and Jenny caught back up with Nancy. Seeing her old friend had not answered any of the questions, nor given her any reassurance at all. In fact, Jenny had a creeping suspicion that Elf was up to her old tricks. In the end, James found it easy to pretend he didn't know Elf or Gralf. He spent his time in the big top, huddled on the back bench. The welt on his hand still hadn't healed fully, and he didn't want to go anywhere near the ringmaster. Not yet, anyway. When it came to it, he would relish rescuing Elf and messing up whatever evil scheme the circus was part of. While he sat watching the strange show in the dingy tent and trying not to make eye contact with the ringmaster, he thought about what he and Jenny needed to do. First, he wanted to find the instructions to the key to the air, now that they had it back. That meant a trip to the restaurant in town to find the book that the Falcon mentioned. Next, he wanted to take a look at the Engineerium and see how well guarded it was. Lastly, and most importantly, he wanted to know why they couldn't plan a rescue for Elf. What was it that was keeping her in the circus? As if in answer to his last question, the blanket was pulled off the cage, revealing the wolf within. James wasn't surprised that the other children gasped. He had too when he had first seen the great beast two years before. Then he saw Elf. Although she was the same age as him, she looked more like a young woman now, with a hard look on her face. No one volunteered to open the cage. James would have done it without a second thought, as Gralf was an ally. But he followed Elf's wishes and kept his head low, watching her as she feigned fear, fumbling the key before flinging the cage door back. Gralf leapt clean over her as the whole of the front bench fell back in alarm. Then Elf shouted, Down! and the wolf obeyed. While the children picked themselves up, Grouf sank to the floor and let Elf crouch carefully on his back. Then the ringmaster cracked her whip and the two figures, girl and wolf, sprang high in the air. Elf did a complete backflip and landed straddling Grouf, who, in a few giant bounds, ran a lap of the little clearing with the girl on his back. It was an impressive and well-practiced routine, ending in a final leap up on top of the cage. Elf's face had been fixed in a smile, eyes forward the whole time. Only when she was on top of the cage did her gaze meet James, and her smile became real for the briefest of instants. James couldn't help but return the smile. Then the display was over, and the ringmaster invited the audience to try their hands at dog tricks. Knowing that they were just dressed-up monkeys, James had no interest in joining in. He moved from group to group, trying to make sure he noticed everything he could. Whatever the inspector needed to know, James wanted to be able to fulfil his part of the bargain. But whenever he got near the curtain, or the entrance, one of the henchmen, or the ringmaster herself would cut him off. 
In the end, he didn't really feel like he had found out very much at all. The talk on the bus on the way back was all about the huge dog that looked like a wolf and the little performing dogs. No one seemed to worry about the strangeness of it all, nor the way that the little dogs kept reporting back to the ringmaster, who noted everything in the big black book. When he met Jenny at the end of the day, the first thing he did was unwrap a Freddo and slip it into the duffel bag for Cece. What did you think? Jenny said. Weird. Really weird. How come Elf and Grauf are doing circus tricks? Grauf could take the ringmaster, I'm sure of it. And Elf, she seemed so much older, even more serious than before. Something is definitely wrong. I agree, Jenny said. I wish we could get them out of there right now. They started walking up the hill away from school. I guess we have to trust Elf, James said. It just doesn't feel right. I know what you mean, Jenny said. Trusting her after what she did before seems foolish. But if the kidnapped animals aren't at the circus and she doesn't want rescuing, then so be it. Finding Claudia will help clear things up, James said. He trusted Elf's cat, perhaps more than he trusted Elf herself. She was being looked after by the Empress of the Seven Dials, Jenny said, so perhaps we should start there. And we need a plan to get into the restaurant, James said. Even if we can't find Claudia, we can hopefully find out more about how to use the key to the air. But I've got German tuition now, and I don't want to risk sneaking out again if I don't have to. It's hard enough anyway, but add Cece, and I'm sure to get caught sooner or later. I've got dance tonight anyway, Jenny said. I might be able to sneak down and check out the restaurant. Will you be okay with Cece during your lesson? James unzipped the bag. Cece poked her head out, looked up at him, stuck out her tongue, then slumped back inside. If she stays sulky, it'll be easy to get through German. Well, apart from having to do the actual German work. And at least the shower this morning has shown us that these monkeys really hate water. Take this. Jenny handed James the silver nib. You've already got the feather, and I'm not going to be able to do anything while I'm dancing. But I am going to check the special map to see if the Engineerium is anywhere on it. I get the feeling that we're going to need some help from the Green Hands gang with this. She was right. James agreed to put a message out on the gang's chat server and see if anyone was able to help. It looked like it was time to use the collective skills of the Green Hands gang. Hi everyone, this is Tom, writer, reader, or outerer of the podcast. I hope you're enjoying this year's adventure. That ringmaster is a formidable adversary, and I'm not really sure what the inspector is up to either. Hopefully the Green Hands gang will solve it, which brings me to the reason for this announcement. If you're listening and you want to be part of the Green Hands gang, then now is the time to let me know. I've not quite worked out exactly what the gang is going to do, but I'm sure they'll come up with some great ideas. So if you want your name to be used in the story, then send me a message. Email me your name, or ask a parent to do it, and I'll find a way to get you into the story. My email is tom at brightonadventure.com. That's tom at brightonadventure, all one word, dot com. Oh, and while I have you trapped, if you want to support this podcast, then you can buy a copy of the Book of the Last Story. It's called Brighton Lockdown Adventure, and it's available everywhere online in ebook and paperback. Anyway, that's enough from me. 